You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Seminole Wrap. I am Perikostadegis. I am your Brian for the week because our dear, dear host is on a Euro trip. With me tonight, I've got our trusted, beautiful podcast. I was going to say writers. Beautiful podcast speakers, talent. We'll go with talent because these guys, they're not three stars, but they are two of our stars. we got Max Escarpio and John Margent. How are you guys doing tonight? See, and that's why I already did my first like MC flub. Ask you guys both the question at the same time. So we won't even bother with it. Let's get right into football talk. Florida State dropped its first game of the season, fell out of the AP Top 25 and the USA Today coaches poll, falling to Wake Forest 31 21. John, quick thoughts. I wasn't real upset that they lost. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of had, I had predicted Wake to win, unfortunately. And the reason why I did that is I kind of expected FSU to be sloppy. I thought they had been sloppy. Uh, at every game so far this season, but I hadn't cost them. And I thought Wake, with all the experience that they, that they had, was a team who could take advantage of that and um, and maybe even cause FSU to, uh, I guess, be a little bit sloppier than they had been to this point in the season. So my quick thought, though, is that you still saw some good things from them, uh, especially the opening drive that was scripted. Um, aside from some, you know, situational football situations, things like that, they they really didn't play that poorly. Um, even the defense stepped it up in the second half. So overall, I'm okay. It doesn't really bother me one way or the other. I think all of their uh, goals are still on the table. Max, you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at the loss after, and I wasn't too. I'm I'm a guy that just hates losing, so so I usually get kind of kind of mad. And I wasn't this time because I feel like they can just learn from it. 
And going into going into like NC State and Clemson, they need something to look at look back at the film and they need to be able to like on the offensive line where they had issues, they had a bunch of flags that that hurt them. They need to be able to look back at that and fix some of these issues. So I wasn't too mad about the obviously a loss hurts, but I think it's just that the, the team that they lost, just like John said or you said it. They're really experienced. They weren't going to fall for that that comeback at the end. They weren't going to fall for these little things. And obviously, FSU just just beat themselves down too with that special with those special team issues, with those offensive line issues, not stopping the run. They beat themselves down. So it wasn't just it wasn't just they they came like Jordan Travis played played a great game yet again. The receivers showed up, but they lost to an experienced team. They lost to Sam Hartman. That slow mesh just destroyed them. So I have no complaints uh, other than yeah. other than the obvious. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a couple of things. Um, first of all, yeah, right. Yeah. FSU gave up a pressure rate of 40 percent. If you guys remember this podcast, where we talked about Boston College. Uh, we had, I think, mentioned that Boston College was giving up uh, 50% pressure rate the first couple of games. So we were pretty confident that Florida State was going to win that game. And then FSU comes out against Wake and gives up 40%. So uh, just to kind of give you an idea of how bad the offensive tackles were against Wake. And I I had mentioned, too, they weren't – the offensive line didn't play, uh, you know, spectacularly well against Boston College either. Uh, The interior is okay. Um, They're about average. Some guys – They'll get washed out on some place, but overall they're all right. The issue is, is the offensive tackle play. And I know, you know, you lost bless Harris before the season. Um, you know, Robert Scott was injured. So, you know, you know, now you're down to your second, third kind of tackles there. It's just obviously less than ideal. Um, and a couple other stats I want to throw out too is, you know, FSU success rate. It, it, well, first of all, they were explosive, right? They were more explosive overall than Wake Forest was, which which you love to see, right? And I know they took the shot play on the very first play of the game. But when it came to situational football, and most specifically third and seven plus, FSU success rate was 0%. Their explosive play rate was 0%. Uh, they actually averaged 0.2 yards per play, while Wake averaged nearly five. Their success rate was 43%. So, they really lost it in those types of, again, when you they got behind the sticks and the offensive tackles really got exposed. And then, you know, in those situations, they just couldn't stay on the field and they couldn't get Wake off of the field. And we were talking about this in the Talling Nation Slack, Slack group earlier is that it's not just that Florida State actually has found a passing game, right? An identity to be explosive like Norval likes to be. But uh, one thing I think the Wake Forest game has showed us is that you cannot play man against Florida State's offense. <laughs> you can't. You will get destroyed by Johnny Wilson and, yes, Malik McLean, everybody, M- uh, Micah Pittman, hopefully Winston right soon. All of these guys and all the guys I forgot to mention, you cannot play man against them. They will shred you, especially with the way Jordan Travis is playing the game. And that's the wild thing about this game to me, too, is Travis did not play poorly. He did play bad in the first half, but his mm-hmm. box score stat line at the end was – very good. Um, he just wasn't consistent in the first half. And I know that led to Florida State having like a really awful second quarter that just kind of tanked them into a hole they couldn't dig out of. But I think it's important to know what we're going to see going forward, especially for these next two games with NC State and Clemson, is that you're going to see these teams play almost exclusively zone against Florida State's offense. So until FSU tries to adjust to it, and I believe in Atkins and, and Coach Norvell in this, um, but until they can kind of get that whole thing going and adjusting to everyone playing, you know, different zone coverages against them. Um, yeah. The offense might, might struggle a little bit or might, you know, have some issues finding their footing. 
I don't think long-term it's going to be a problem. Um, again, Jordan Travis, almost except for, again, some parts of the second quarter the, or the first half, he, he outplayed Sam Hartman. He did, and Hartman's a good quarterback. So um, his, his adjusted net yards per attempt, Travis was really, really good. Um, his average completion, his adjusted completion percentage. I know we're going a little bit more advanced stats in this, in this podcast than we normally do, but I'm just trying to get the point across that they in stretches of this game played really, really well. And in fact, well enough to win again, going back to Bill calling ESPN and some of the, the stats we're throwing out from him is that Wake's post game. I think win expectancy was just 48%. If you take out those again, and those are high leverage situations in the, um, third third and long and all those other the situational football that really decided the game but across most of the other phases of the game Florida State outplayed Wake before we move on Tennessee State I want each of you to give me your most chicken like we talked about the positives I need your most chicken little sky is falling like overreaction like what are you the most worried about I think you need a healthy defensive line I think Robert Cooper especially has been I mean, I don't, I'm not like, like calling him out or anything, but that's someone that you need against the run. And he didn't really show up last game. You need Fabian Lovett back. You need Jared first back. Those trends are just so important to, to be able to just rush at the quarterback and then it'll make your safeties better. It'll make your linebackers better. So I know it's something that you can't just like come up with or, yeah. or practice better, but you need that, that defensive line to be healthy. And it really showed that it wasn't healthy. It really, Fabian's absence really showed. Since Max took the defensive line, <laughs> the interior of the D-line, uh, fantastic point. I will, I'll go with the offensive tackles. Um, you're not going to beat uh, an NC State. You're definitely not going to beat Clemson. You want to steal one of these next two. I, I thought it was expected that Florida State could lose all three of these and we'd be okay. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, FSU could still finish with all their goals, win seven, eight games, it'd be fine. If you want them to try to hit nine, you're going to have to steal one of these next two games. You can't do that if your offensive line, if your offensive tackle play in those situations and pass passing downs was as bad as it was against Wake Forest. Um, I do think it. Is, I agree with others. It is probably time to play Julian Armella. I know he's a freshman. It's not ideal. You want these kids to sit and grow, but uh, considering how they've played, uh, the guys you have an offensive tackle in the last couple of games. I think you have to see what you have. I think you kind of throw the young, very, very, very talented kid out there and see how he does. I think it's time for that. And if, and if they decide not to, again, then you're talking about, I'm not going to second guess the coaches at that point, but that kind of, again, it, it limits your ceiling as an offense because you have these high leverage situations where you need to give Travis time to be successful because he will be successful, which is a wild thing to say that I have that much confidence in this kid. I know he's gotten that much better. He will keep Florida State's offense on the field and score touchdowns if you can protect him. They didn't do that against Wake. I'm just surprised that neither one of you mentioned kicker, but I think that like everybody is just in a serious shake of like den <laughs> denial. And like, again, like enough time has been spent on the poor kid. Like it is what it is. If they can fix him, it's great. If not, I'm almost in the camp where it's like, why are you subjecting the kid to it? Not even like, Oh man, he's losing the football. But it's just like, at some point you have to recognize he maybe needs something. Like he needs a little bit more help than just like, proving it to himself on the field it's gonna get to the point again where it happened when james blackman where they put him on the field when he needed to be on the field because there was nobody else that could go in and the fans booed him entering 
I don't want it to be a situation where a 20 year old kid is lining up to take an extra point and kids are and like, he's getting booed. Cause like, that's not good for anybody. Like, so I just like, I hope he figured like, he's going to put it together. Like it would be great for him to have a Tate Rodemaker moment. Like it would be fantastic, but I just look Norville said he made all his kicks in practice or something. I don't know if that's true. He could be just trying to help the, help the kid. Obviously he's given him chance after chance. He believes in him. Like he does all of his players. I, I agree with you, Perry. It's probably time to move on. I'm hoping this staff kind of adjust their fourth down math, right? If you, and that's the thing to me, if you're at the two yard line, if you can get in the end zone with these receivers, especially Travis and Johnny Wilson, mm-hmm. and you can't score a two point conversion more than 50% of the time. Cause if you do, if you get it 55% of the time, the math works out in your favor, right? Um, if you're at field goals, you know, down in that area, anything from, I would say the 40 yard line to the end zone, on the opponent's side of the field, if it's fourth and five or less, you should have to, con- you should consider going. Um, that's where I think that they need to adjust their math because again, you can work with Fitzgerald, whether it's a mental block or the yips or whatever the case is, or maybe it's just the talent's not there that I can't say I'm not in practice or whatever the deal is, but I think you have to adjust your four time math going forward and, and consider you know, again, your strategy in these games, if you're Mike Norville. The biggest issue is that, like, I'm pretty sure they went for it on, on a fourth and five, and you saw, I think it was in the second quarter, I don't know if they're at, like, the 40-yard line, when after he missed, a, I think it was a 20-yard, 29-yard field goal, you saw them go for it, and you saw Norville kind of, like, wave them back in, and you kind of realize, like, it's close, it's close to, it's close to over. They really don't trust this kid, because yeah. that's a fourth down that you just don't go for, and... I don't know. I think both of you agreed on they should move on. I believe they should move on too. I don't know if they have someone to move on to though. Yeah. That's the part. Like, you're moving on is either letting your punter, Alex Mastromano, try and see what he can do. And the kid has been playing American football for five years. I think being generous, you have a walk-on freshman in Aiden Shinari, and then you have another freshman punter in Mac Tramardo, Daytona yeah. Beach, stand-up, Seabur Sandcrab. Which he did kick in high school, as far as I'm aware. He did field goals. Like, he is capable. But, like, again, like, but then you throw a fresh, a true freshman in there, and he starts missing, and then you ruin another. Like, it's just, like, it is a difficult situation, especially losing Parker Grothas last year, who wasn't, like, he wasn't a world beater either. It's just a difficult situation when you don't have a lot of resources to dedicate to, dedicate to that position group i think i think the first thing that i looked at was not the alex but i think they go to mac because i don't know if they will i don't know if they're just going to throw him in the fire but i've seen what he can do and i've seen him at practice like i've just seen him and that's kind of one of the people i thought when he was starting to miss those kicks like he is a true freshman but he might get his chance here and Mm -hmm. i think if it's not there yet i think for fitzgerald it's getting it to a mental point where it just it, it won't turn back it won't turn back where he he likes playing in front of, it sounds bad, yeah, but like no. in front of these fans, even just like, like going out there. Cause obviously the nerves are going to be there. First of all, you're missing and and the fans are just, they're eating at you. You're on the sideline. So I think it's going to be, if it's not there yet, the mental, the mental hit is going to get him soon. Yeah. It's hard. Like, I mean, John, we like the number one person everybody talks about when it comes to kicking mental blocking issues is Roberto Aguayo. And like, you saw the aftermath like he was talented beyond belief but like just the pressure of all of it like where he couldn't do a basic thing and like 
it's 20 years old. Like if, I mean, I put a typo in an article, like I'm not moving for the next like two hours. And like, that's like something so insignificant. So if they, there's just a lot to be done there. Kicking is like a golf game, man. And it's, it's a lot of it is mental. You have to do the exact same thing over and over and over again. And that's hard. Um, it is a difficult thing to do, but we, you know, we, the whole kicking, everything kicking has progressed over the last 10, 15 years that kicks that, you know, now I used to say, okay, well, who knows if they're going to make it. They're almost expected at this point. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's a tough thing. So I, again, I hope they continue working with him. Yeah. yeah you have to look at what else you have. I agree. Uh, hopefully though, they continue working with Fitzgerald and try to get him, you know, to something, some level of consistency. Uh, but at the meantime, you, you just, it is what it is, right? It's reality. You have to face reality that you don't have a reliable option at kicker. And so in some situations more than other, you might otherwise would, you'd have to, you have to go for it. They did not play well, but they still almost won or not almost won, but were competitive. Like after putting up seven points, yeah, despite just the first half injuries across the board that have been like a few games long that were during like all of that, like Jared versus not healthy. So like, there's a lot to be taken away. And if you, said any of this before the season that FSU would be four and one heading into NC state, you would be excited. Like we would have all taken it. We would have all been happy with it. So while expectations have adjusted a little bit, you think that this team is a little bit is capable of more because of what they've done on the field. It's still, I would say a success at this point, but that is now going to be really put to the test in this game, NC State, number 14, coming off their own 10-point loss, two clowns in on the road. They didn't look the best. This is supposed to be, like, one of their best-ever teams in, like, program history. This was, like, the team that was maybe going to push for, in their fans' eyes, a college football playoff spot, at the very least an ACC championship spot, which is still in play. But Clemson, again, front runner after winning that game, after beating Wake Forest. Everybody else is playing catch up to them. Max, what are your first like initial thoughts on what you've seen from NC State so far this season? I think the biggest thing is that we talked about before is that they're beatable. It's just they're playing in rally. So mm-hmm. a lot of people have said like it's just if they were playing over here, it'd be a, a complete different story. Obviously, they're playing in rally. So Devin Leary, I think he's because I, I was big on I was high on on Devin Leary when he came into the season, but I I, I think he not not has. I just degressed, but he hasn't been the, the quarterback that everyone thought he was going to be because they were talking about a, like a nationwide quarterback, one of the mm-hmm. best in the nation. I think the, the receiving room isn't as good as they thought it would be. And I don't, I'm pretty sure it was their running attack was close to terrible against Clemson. So, which is good for us because, which is good for Florida State because you, you can't have that what happened to Wake Forest. So I think it is beatable. They are a beatable team. You need to, you need to have that. You need to have those that offensive line go to work for Florida state because I know NC state has some good um, linebackers, especially the bliss come in for them. So if Florida state's offensive line can do something and it's a game, it's a game. Poor Max, young Max has no idea how terrifying it is on the road in Carter Finley stadium. My first intro to NC state was 2012, my freshman year. 17 13 was that the final score john i like i'm trying uh, my best to block 17 17 16 17 because it was the night of my bachelor party so i'll never forget it like fsu college parties i saw a man kick a stop sign down 
Max had seen the gif of the, the shirtless man waving his shirt. He did not know the trauma associated with it. They're very mean. They're very mean. It's even worse than that, Perry. FSU was up 60 nothing at halftime. And they gave up three fourth down conversions on the last drive to NC State. They scored in one 17 16. Mike Glennon. Yeah. And one 17 16. Yeah. Four third. I think it was three fourth down conversions because it was like 16 to 10. And then NC State goes, they get the final drive after all those conversions. And they score a touch on the extra point. They win 17-16. I saw the full range of human emotion that night. That's so like there is a lot of reason for there to be a lot of aggression on the Florida State side. NC State has won four of the last five in the series. Oh FSU has not won on the road since 2016. Ugh. NC State has two straight in this. Like it there, like NC State has asserted itself over FSU during this like period of downswing for Florida State. And then the same vein that beating Louisville, like getting over that hump against it, you can make the argument Louisville's not that good, especially like considering what we saw against Boston College. But getting over that hump as a program and for Mike Norvell was huge. Like that is like a mental block chip on like big, big thing to deal with. NC State is in that sort of like vein. Like Clemson is, of course, like beating Clemson is beating one of the best. Beating NC State is making like reasserting yourself in the pecking order of the conference. NC State is a three-point favorite when I last checked, according to DraftKings, which is pretty favorable if you think about it. Like that is like three-point swing for home field advantage. Vegas is assuming that it's just a toss-up of a game on a neutral field. Do you think that FSU can pull this off, John? Yes. I think I think their chance to beat NC State is better than their chance uh, the chance they had to beat Wake Forest and their, I should say this way, Wake Forest and their uh, unique offense. I think, again, again, I'm going to say this too, is that NC State, I believe, is a better team than Wake Forest. Uh, they're going to play at some point this season, right? We'll find out for sure. But, but I, I believe that NC State is a better team than Wake Forest. The ranking currently says that also. But I think that not only is NC State – uh, a better matchup for Florida State. I do think to some of the things that Max had said earlier, they are vulnerable in a way that maybe Wake really wasn't. And look, again, the offensive tackle play is, is a problem. Like Max pointed out, the interior of the defensive line without Fabian Lovett is a major issue. I think you're okay on the edge. Verse should be healthier. Hopefully they run Travis more that he's healthy because I don't know if you guys noticed um, against Wake Forest. You know, they did a lot of those, you know, zone or the read option or whatever with Travis, but he didn't keep any of them mm-hmm. except maybe one. So you need Travis to run a little bit more. Hopefully he's healthy enough to do that now. You really need Fabian Lovett back, but if you don't get him, you know, it is what it is. Again, you got to get the, the the pressure on Devin Leary from somewhere. I think Leary is a good quarterback. He makes some NFL throws. Overall, his play is maybe not what you would want from a top quarterback. Uh, so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say he's bad. I'm not going to say he's mediocre. I think he's a good player. Um, and he does make some really good throws that if, again, it's the same thing as the Wake Forest game. If Devin Leary is making these good throws on first down, okay. If he's making them on third and 10 for like 14 yards at a first down, then you might be, you know, uh, can, you know, then you're in trouble if you're Florida State. So, a lot of the context depends on it, but absolutely. I think I picked going back. I'm going to be honest with everyone. Uh, I think I picked 
that I said Florida State was one of the three best teams in the conference. I think I'll stand by that. I said that their chances to beat NC State were better than their chances to be Wake. Um, obviously, you'd like to have the Wake game, but no, I think that they're. I, I think they're going to be okay. Even if they lose, I, I think this game is going to be competitive, just like the Wake Forest game, or even more competitive than the Wake Forest game. If you lose to NC State, you're at risk of going 0 3 over this like stretch. Like, you need to steal this one if you want to at least go 1 and 2 over the stretch. Yeah, I think, I think it's close to a must win. It's not a must win, obviously, because you've already had four wins on your belt. It's close to a must win to keep the momentum because, again, if you lose three in a row, you I think it's close to the, the end of the schedule, too, is that some of the teams you thought were going to be maybe wins, like Syracuse, yeah. aren't – and you're going into Syracuse, aren't necessarily going to be, like, must – I mean, like, give me wins. So – you need to have one of these games, like John said before, to have that that eight win, maybe nine win season. What is your X factor for FSU winning, and then what's your X factor for NC State beating FSU? Okay, so we we talked about you talked about like Louisville not being too good, just like LSU. A lot of people don't think they're too good, but FSU struggled against the run. Just like Wake Forest wasn't supposed to be a good run team, they look like it against FSU. So that can't happen against NC State. You need to make them throw the ball. You need to make them throw it to where where other people like like Deloach, like Jamie, can make plays on it, like Akeem Dunn can make plays on it. So as long as they're keeping Leary within the box and making sure that that their corners can can just they they don't have to pressure too much, but that their corners are there with them, I think the defense will be fine. And on offense, you need those tackles to just give you because I think John talked about it too. Jordan Travis needs to run a little bit when he gets those those opportunities, but those tackles need to give him some time. Because in the Wake Forest game, you saw after after that incredible first drive, you saw a Jordan Travis who he used to he used to get the ball, snap it. He would look up for maybe two seconds and then put his head down for the run. Hmm. That happened after the first drive against Wake Forest. A run like that can't happen against NC State. It needs to be a run where you're looking downfield and there's a gap. There's a gap where you can get eight, maybe 10 yards, maybe even six yards. So they, you need to create those gaps on offense. And if you continue to make those gaps, it'll open up so much for the running backs and, and the receivers. John, are you more scared of NC State's offense or NC State's defense? That is a good question. I'm going to go NC State's defense. Uh, I know a couple years ago, last year, the year before, Oh man, they had like three guys get drafted and they've, they've really drafted it, uh, not drafted, recruited and developed that, uh, that position, you know, the whole front very well. They're deep, they're good. Uh, they're well coached. So I'm afraid of them. I, they're tough out, man. They're, they're, they're tough. They're a better defense than Wake Forest in my opinion, but I, seeing the development and, the, and how explosive this offense can be, I think Florida State can score on almost anybody. Mm. Uh, you just, again, to Max's point, you have to give Travis the time. For me, if I were to pick an X factor, I would say it would be Travis has got to run the ball. He's got to get you those third down conversions that you didn't get against Wake Forest. But overall, yeah, I'm, I, I wake NC State's defense is, is what gets me. I don't think any part of NC State is like very spectacular, noteworthy. They're just a solid team. Just a good right? overall composition. Right. They they just they I don't know what their injury situation is like. I, I gotta look more up on that, but they seem to be just a deep, good, talented, solid 
a squad that they have this year. And, uh, but they don't seem to stand out in, uh, that I've seen in any one particular area or any one particular way. But NC State's a good, good team this year. Like you had talked about, Perry, they're, they're trying to fight for an ACC title game spot. So, and they still could. You know, if, if Clemson wasn't so talented on defense, they probably would have won that game. And that's how much they, they've been good the last couple of years. So we'll see. I just, um, it, again, the goal is if FSU could put 40 points, and this is the stupidest thing. Here's my John Madden moment from tonight. <laughs> if FSU could put up 40 points, they're going to win almost every single game, right? Yeah. It's kind of stupid to say, but if they put up 40 points on NC State, you're going to win the game. If they had done that against Wake, they would have won the game. So that's pretty much where it's at. Yeah, I think one of the scariest things is when you look at that defense because you talked about them being better than Wake Forest. But then you look at the stats against Wake Forest and maybe I'm just living under a rock because I never really heard about too many of those Wake Forest defensive linemen. I heard about some. I heard about some being underrated. I heard about some being pretty good. But they looked very good against Florida State. I think they had something over like five tackles for loss. They had three QB hurries. That that cannot happen against NC State because you said, like you said, they're more talented. So... I, yeah, the biggest X factor is that offensive line needs to show up. You start to rattle Jordan Travis. You make him feel uncomfortable. You make him start rushing. Like you said, he started doing the first quarter. You have a terrifying home crowd, 8 o'clock, so they're going to be feeling good. Like, they're going to be having the time of their life. Like, And people love beating Florida State. So, like, you cannot give an inch. And, in like, I know momentum is not real, a soft factor, but, like, you can feel like you feel anger and like virtual, like you feel it being thrown at you. Sometimes you literally feel things being thrown at you when you're playing Carter Finley. So this is FSU's chance <laughs> to assert itself, like really be like, Hey, like we're not back, but we are like here to actually be one of the top three teams. Like John said in the conference, because as of right now, like we are seeing like a Clemson is leading the pack, but Clemson beat wake and OT. Clemson beat NC State by 10. Wake beat FSU by 10. Like, it's just, it's like, they're all yes. that close. And if FSU wants to prove that, like, it is, like, in that pack, instead of, like, being like, oh, like, we're jumping up, like, every now and then, like, I can peek over the wall, then <laughs> this is their chance. Like, three-point three point favorite is reflective of the confidence that, I don't know, Vegas doesn't know all. Vegas is it, not like the all-seeing oracle of college football, but like they, they don't want to lose money. So like that's the, three points is like that's the spread. Three? Yeah, three. Three still right now, Tuesday, 9 p.m. DraftKings.com. Wow. I thought it was like five. No, the spread is three. It's been fluctuating between three and three and a half. I, I think I've maybe seen it pop up at four. Again, Tomahawk Nation is part of the SB Nation network, and DraftKings is the official odds provider of SB Nation. And according to them, like three, three and a half, <laughs> like that. And like for an NC State team that's still number 14, that almost that could have beat Clemson. They were playing from behind the whole game. They didn't have that much of a chance, even from the start, but like we're competitive in the same way that FSU is competitive against Wade. Vegas is high enough on FSU that I'm so confident in their reluctance to lose money that I feel more confident in Florida State. It would have been a much funnier answer. When you asked me what scared me more between the Wolfpack's offense or their defense, if I just said Carter Finley and Knight, yeah, just, the stadium is what scares me. It's yeah, the atmosphere yeah. that that terrifies me that Florida State, you know, is going to lose. It's hard enough to go in a Raleigh and and beat them because FSU has not been able to do that for a very long time. Even going back to the Jameis days, that was an issue uh, before them. So 
and to do it at night at 8 p.m. And what is going to be an insane crowd, that's what scares me the most, especially because there doesn't seem to be anything particularly that stands out in one way or the other about their team. They're just solid all around. How many times do you think FSU has won on the road versus NC State since 2010? Since 2010? Yeah. Last 12 years? Yeah. That's giving you a lot of layers of math because now you have to figure out how many two? times on the yeah, two. Good guess. Great guess. Uh, two times. I've watched them all, so I was hoping yeah. I got that 2014, right. which 2014 was just the chaos year when everybody yeah. almost beat FSU. And then 2016. 2014. So two and two and five on the road in the last yep. 10 years. Yep. And like or 12. And two and six. Two and six. And they I can't just, do math. Yeah, it is like there's a lot of soft factors in college football. Everybody's momentum, home crowd, all of that. But, like, it is real in a lot of places where, like, you can physically feel it. And, Max, I'm telling you, you're going to, like, you're going to be angry, scared, confused, and pressed. Max, you're going? No. Gone. Oh, I was so excited never. for you for a second. No, we would never see him again. I should have. I should have what? We would yeah, never you should have gone. Again. No, that, but, like, see, just, just from TV, you feel it. They zoom in on the people. There is – that is passion. Like it's passion. It's a lot. It's a lot. They're see. Here's the thing, too. They everyone talks about Virginia Tech and Sandman and the entrance and okay, but generally, even if it's fine for like a moment, but generally the atmosphere at, at Blacksburg does not compare to Carter Finley and a night game, especially against Florida State. It's it's ridiculous. It's unreal. Yeah, like, um, they're not like. It's not like, oh, my gosh, like soccer, like where they're the whole game, like the most passionate. No, no. But but they are on that level. Like they don't have. They're very underrated. They do not have even like an Aussie. Like they do not have like that level of like, oh, here's your thing that will get you excited. They're just manic. They're just scary. And so Florida State being able to go in there as an underdog, which saw a game technically or not technically, literally. I don't know what the proper verbiage is there. But saw a game on the road against a team, top 15, that has owned you over the last decade, basically. It's going to be a hard matchup, but it will be impressive if FSU even covers. Like, if they are within a field goal, which, <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope not that's a field goal situation. But even in that point, like, it would be like, hey, like, good for you. Good job. There's no more victories. But we could give a little bit of respect. So right. a win would be, oh, my gosh, like they're ready to go. Like there's a chance they could be Clemson. Like a loss would be like, all right, four and two. That's still better than what we expected. Get through this next game. Beat the people you're supposed to be. Either way, it's a nice old Robert Frost, two wins diverged or two rows diverged in a old winter forest. Yellowwood. Yeah, thank you. I'm not an English mate. I, I was. It's all out of my brain at this point. So <laughs> well, because I think you're right. If 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 Florida State goes out and beats NC State on the road, right? Mm. I think Clemson is is gravy, right? It's just it's a, who cares okay. at that point. I mean, obviously you want that game. Oh, you really Max, do. And Max I think like, oh, and I think Florida State now. He's saying yeah. Well, and I think Florida State is going to be competitive with with Clemson also, right? Assuming mm. assuming health of the, the team and stuff. But if you be if you win one game out of these three. When you thought, you know, last season you were two touchdown underdogs, at least to everybody. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I mean, that's a, you're still on the path to going to the right place. 
And there's still concerns for what comes like next year, right? Whether or not they got to Max's point, you have, I get, you're going to be fine at, at edge rusher, but do you have the guys at defensive, you know, interior defensive line going forward when Fabian Lovett leaves? But um, overall, man, to steal one of these three to show that you belong among them, you're really more competitive with Wake than the score showed to beat NC State or to beat Clemson is, I mean, yeah, you're right there with, because the Coastal is just, they're, They've been what they've been for 15 years. You again, the spin the wheel of destiny. Who cares? Someone's yeah. gonna come out of the garbage <laughs> pile, crawl out of the dumpster like that one. Uh, I think clip that went viral on Twitter about the raccoon who almost <laughs> opens the door to the dumpster. That's the coastal, right? They're just gonna like, here I am. I'm sweaty. I'm stinky. I'm a raccoon. I smell like garbage. It's the Atlantic that is really, really good, and of course, they can prove that they're one of those top three or four best teams, uh, then yeah, it's a successful season. I don't know what more anybody really wants. Yeah. I think, I think that's what's so refreshing too, is that like you see, you're looking at the whole schedule and you're, you think the Florida state can beat every single team on that schedule. Yeah. You didn't think that coming into the season, you definitely didn't think that after last season. So yeah, you can lose against Wake Forest. Yes. You can lose against Clemson. You can't lose by more than 10 to 13 to keep the momentum going and keep your confidence going on the season preview pod. When we were like, listen, you look at the schedule and you can make the argument for FSU winning. They just have to actually prove it. And right. so far they have to the point where even the one loss, they did not play well. Like we have said over and over, but we're still competitive. They have proved that they can win. Now they just need to do it. And they are doing it. They beat LSU on the road. That's an impressive win. They overcame a whole bunch, beat Louisville, proved the belief in the Mike Norvell system of that, beat down Boston College. Last week was the first non-forward step. Progress is not linear. So it's not like, hey, they're going to win every single game now. Like Norvell has said, since the, like literally since the post-game presser, how will they respond to that? Like this, he felt them pressing because they felt the pressure. Are they going to keep pressing because of that, because they know what they can do and they're going to overthink it instead of reacting, or are they going to be able to just go and execute? Cause that's really like really what Wake Forest came down to. It was not, they got out talented. They did not get out coached. They did not get out played. They did not make crazy huge mistakes outside of the fumble. Like they just did not execute. You're hundred percent correct. And I see, that's the thing is even if, like I said, Florida is going to go seven and five. I think some people thought that they're going to win eight, eight wins. Um, I think now that is obviously definitely on the table after you beat LSU and Louisville and Boston College. But even if you get through this three game stretch, right, you lose the next two games, right? You drop to four and three. You know, everyone's upset. Talk about, oh, well, maybe Florida State's a blah, 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 blah. The thing though is the, the next five games, you're going to be Florida State, even if – and this I, I can't stress this enough to people. If Florida State loses against NC State and loses to Clemson, there's no shame in that. You can still be – Florida State can still be a top 20, top 25 program. You are still going to be favored against Georgia Tech. At this point, yes, against Miami. Almost certainly against uh, – probably against Syracuse. Definitely against Louisiana. And probably against the Gators. Mm-hmm. So – you can go four and three and then still finish with eight wins or at minimum seven wins, right. Um, is absolutely on the table. I think Florida state's uh, 
a bowl percentage right now, still like 99% that they're going to make a bowl game this year, which is, again, is a huge improvement over last season, the last couple of seasons. So I don't, I don't think we can really stress enough that, that yes, we want them to steal one of the next two games, or we wanted them to steal one of these three, right? You wish for two, you wanted one, even if you get none, I, I can't, I can't stress enough that FSU is going to be okay. They're going to be favored in probably every single remaining game after the Clemson game. They're almost certainly still going to make a bowl game. Right. And that is still progress in this program is still headed in the right direction, even if they didn't quite get to where we what they've shown on the field so far. Because, again, I think we'll agree that how well they've played so far this season, even if you don't, you know, you didn't win against Wake, even if you don't win against NC State or Clemson, it doesn't mean you weren't capable of winning. This team absolutely is. This team is capable of beating NC State at night on the road. This team is capable of beating Clemson. They 100 percent are doesn't mean they're going to, right? <laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way. But this team is actually legitimately good, and that is worth celebrating and recognizing it for what it is. But there's not a tiny number next to FSU's name. So, no. Uh, so, uh, uh, oh, my God. The whole season's a wash. Yeah. Blah. No, but they're good. It's fun. No, so. it's a, they're a good team. It's watchable football, which is, like, honestly not something that has been – able to been said about FSU since 2014 26 no 2016 was fun I'm just kidding yeah 2016 there we go 2016 was fun 2015 was a difficult watch with yeah. the, the Everett Golson I love Sean McGuire but like that was yeah there you, which you should not uh only that was the Boston College uh Jalen Ramsey pick up the fumble that was the only touchdown year that was right uh, what what was the what was the Francois Michigan Bowl game year? 2016. That was Ole Miss. Okay, yeah. So that was start off with Ole Miss. The 2016, the year that has been referenced ad nauseum. The last yeah. time that FSU started for yeah, all that. So so 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. They were just yeah. 17. Bleh. The Alabama game was fine. It was a decent watch until the uh, pass interference call, and then it just went downhill from there. What do you mean when Jimbo and, just quit? Well, that's what I. We're on. If you, you were here for the football information, I think we're toning down now. We're getting into the, the boys hanging out now. But 20, <laughs> 2017, I was actually looking the other week. I didn't remember how long FSU was off. because So they played Alabama. A hurricane came. And FSU didn't play for three more weeks. <laughs> so that, like, that was the last time they were ranked for an extended period of time. Yeah. Um, and then, so then, yeah, 2018, you start off with Virginia Tech. Next game is Sanford. 2019 is like oh god like Boise State was fun for a half and then the whole year was when are they going to fire Willie 2020 a mess across the board I don't think anybody had fun at any point that entire year in any regard 2020 like there was some good steps last year but again like just a lot of like difficult football it says a lot that against Wake when they just did not like they didn't play bad but they did not play well and you're still able to watch and like, not just like, go like, ah, this is disgusting. I can't believe I'm watching this. Like you wanted to turn it off, but you were not like, I can't believe this is. It was, it wasn't yeah. unwatchable football. Yeah. It was frustrating football, which like is still not good, but it's a step up, you know, that's a good, it's a good step to take. Max, do you have any final thoughts about NC state? Yeah. What are you excited to see? Is it a pee bottle? Flying at a football player. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the fans. I'm I'm waiting for it to see that stadium because I can't I had, wait for it to be. I really, you're gonna 
You're going to see the camera shake on TV. Yeah, camera shake. You're going to maybe hear, like, pay attention to the mic. Like, don't listen to the announcers, but, like, listen on the mic and see, like, what you can hear, like, fans screaming. Um, Maybe use earmuffs. You're a little young. I don't know what words you're allowed to hear. Um, He's like, he's like, shut up. (laughs) But no, it's going to be fun. Eight o'clock, ACC Network, Florida State again, three-point underdog. Both teams four and one. NC State zero and one in the conference. FSU two and one. It's it's going to be exhilarating, but we'll see if it's going to be fun as well. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? I just rambled nonstop, so it it would be. I'd say, rude of I'd, me. say I'd say NC State has more pressure than people think. Just coming off a loss against Clemson, yeah, it is Clemson, but they're zero and one in the conference. They're going back to their home stadium. They're playing a, a very good team, so they have more pressure than, than people think in this game, and it might get to them, might not, but we'll see. John, what's your what's your like? What are you holding on to this week? What's your what am I holding on to? Yeah, your cope, like Max is my dogs. Like, oh, 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 we're getting deep. No, I was saying Max is like that. NC State is <laughs> like they have more pressure. Mine is that FSU has to break this trend, like. Four or five is not sustainable. Not winning since 2016, not sustainable. I believe in this team, like breaking through and getting one oh. of these next three. Like, what is your like in denial, like soft factor? Like, has nothing to do with the analytics or personnel. Like, your narrative. My thing for this game, I'm just going to choose to believe it. I'm going to hold on to it for the whole week. That's what I want. Is that is that Travis is fully healthy, and he's going to play like he's he's just unconscious. He's just going to. He's deep bumps to Johnny Wilson, more like just absolute dimes to Malik McLean in the end zone for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's going to play lights out. Unbelievable. He's going to show up Devin Leary in his own stadium. He's going to, he's going to wipe the floor with the Wolfpack defense, just an unbelievable level of play that we haven't seen since. And again, this is for podcast purposes only mm-hmm. since Vince young. <laughs> okay. All right. Against I was USC. Say Lamar versus FSU. That's what I'm. Oh yeah, a Lamar Jackson against FSU type stuff. No, it's just I again. I I'm. That's what I'm going to hold on to. Travis is fully healthy. He's just going to play lights out. Absolutely unconscious level of football. Um, everyone's going to be chanting Heisman stuff for the at him after that. That's what I'm going to hold on to for this week. Well, now, Damn, John, you have me excited. That's what I was going to say. There you go. That's Let's go. Like, all right. Now I want that to be because, oh my gosh. Now, all right. Now we're going to get into two fanboy. We'll, we'll let you guys off easy with that. We'll, we'll celebrate over by ourselves. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Brian will be back next week to wrangle these guys in a little bit more than I did. I've let them loose again. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Make sure you are listening to everything that we have on the Tomahawk Nation Podcast Network, from Knowles News Now to the Seminole Rap Florida State Podcast, to our State of Recruiting Podcast, to the Florida State Basketball Podcast. We have it all. Also, check out TomahawkNation.com, where you can read these gentlemen's fine writing, as well as everybody else on our site, covering every other sport. I just feel like I read off a whole thing. So I'm very impressed with myself. I'm going to cut it there. I think I did well. I think you guys did fantastic. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time. That's a wrap. That was what I was excited for the whole time. I was waiting for him to say that's a wrap. (laughs) Yeah, me too.